Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to Sports Radio 670 The Score. WSCR in HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago's sports betting show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Bears Packers week. So if you're regular here on Early Odds, you know what we have to do. We have to bring in our guy Ryan Horvat of BetMGM tonight, weeknight, six to ten PM on the Odyssey app. BetQL Network in town, 105.9 FM HD2 Twitch page. I've got BetQL Daily, eight to eleven AM. Ryan has BetMGM tonight, six to ten PM. And uh, Ryan, I don't think either of us thought that we'd be sitting here going into week two looking at the entire board, starting with Bears, Packers, and the Bears would be 1-0 and Packers 0-1. Yeah, you know, I didn't see the Bears starting 1-0. In fact, I almost actually took the Niners in your survivor pool uh, last weekend. Last minute, though, right? I look, we're watching the pregame coverage. I see the weather. I see the conditions. And I had the teaser that I gave out, you know, where I played. I teased the Vikings, which was the right decision, obviously, uh, up to eight. And I played it with San Francisco and pretty much made it a pick. And I said, I got a bad feeling about this game, man. Something fluky is going to happen. Obviously, it's week one. Pulled off last minute. Grabbed the Ravens in your pool, which was the right decision, luckily. And that was, I don't know what to take away from the 49ers. Um, Like, everybody's freaking out about Trey Lance. I want to see him throw a dry football. And then I know the Bears didn't look great offensively. I know they won the game, but I'm still not very high on them. And I still don't know really what that offense and Justin Fields are. But big win for the Bears. Green Bay, 
Uh, that's kind of what I expected, though. I really like Minnesota, and I actually like Minnesota. I played over on the win total. I like them to win the NFC North. I don't want to overreact, though, just because Green Bay and Devondre Campbell, their inside linebacker, talked about this a couple games, uh, a couple days before the game, I'm sorry, when he was doing all of his media sessions. He's like, we do not know what to expect with Kevin O'Connell calling the plays. And he schemed Justin Jefferson open all day. Mm-hmm. Green Bay, I have no idea what Joe Barry was doing in that game defensively because if you're paying a corner – top five corner money like they are Jair Alexander. Why do you not go to man coverage? And I know Justin Jefferson will probably tear you apart there, but if you have a lockdown corner, I mean, there were times, man, when they were playing zone coverage with Preston Smith covering Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in all of football down the field. So I don't really know what to take away, but obviously a little surprising when you have the bears one and oh, the Vikings one and oh, and then green Bay sitting there. Oh, and one to start the season. Very little to take away. You mentioned Trey yeah. Lance. You want to see him throw a dry football. Well, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case tomorrow. It's supposed to rain for the Niners Seahawks game. <laughs> what a, what a terrible scenario there. They could be playing in weather again, but uh, we are starting with bears Packers. Basically, what the betting market is saying, okay, we'll make our slight adjustments on the Bears winning their game. So we'll move the win total up from five and a half to six and a half because they were not supposed to win this game and they did. What do we take away from it? I'd say along the lines of what we were saying in the preseason, they're playing hard for Eberflus. Yeah, they are. Uh, You could look at that, but let's not go too far. BetMGM still has the Bears as the fourth favorite in the NFC North. Some other sports books decided to bump them up to the third favorite. Lions lose, Bears win. Let's bump the Bears up a little bit or at least put them uh, right there on par with the Lions. But it, it was interesting as far as week to week, no respect on the Bears side. They're looking at it like most betters are, Ryan, that I'm sure you're talking to this week as well. Like, okay, you've just got to flush that game. Sample size of one. And that one was a monsoon. What do we do with that? Uh, the point spread, the look ahead's nine and a half. And where are we as the week progressed? We got to 10 across the board. The total keeps on dropping. I don't think that's a big surprise. But my first question when it comes to Green Bay, and maybe you have some insight on this, is yes, we can cite last season a no show against the Saints, week two, destroy the Lions. Are we going to see a repeat of that? Devontae Adams was not scoring those touchdowns, but he was a heavy part of that offense. Is it going to be different this time around? Well, Rodgers, and he talked about it after the game, and I like the approach that he's taking. Hey, guys, this is expected. We're going to work through it, but we've got to get better and start to take those steps. I wonder if we're going to see that immediate bounce back we always saw after a poor performance out of the Green Bay offense with Rodgers in the past, or is it going to take more time? Is it going to be more of uh, progressively getting better over the next month? Yeah, and that's a great question, and that's why I actually stayed away from this game. You brought up the total. I wish I would have grabbed the under immediately because I do think the Packers are going to have a bounce-back performance defensively. I mean, they only gave up, what, 20-plus points in that game to Minnesota. But, I see, I wasn't as low as everybody else, and I've said it on this here show, uh, on the Bears heading into the season as far as their win total. Like, I didn't go under just because, I mean, look what they did last year with Matt Nagy. They found ways to win ball games that they shouldn't have won. And we don't really know what Matt Eberflus is. We don't really know what Luke Getze is as a play caller. He obviously knows Green Bay very well. 
but I don't know what to do with this game just because of all the question marks in the Packers wide receiver room. And you could say maybe that's a little bit overblown, but look at Devonte last week for the Raiders, man. He had 10 receptions, huh. scored a touchdown like he always does. I'm a little worried about this wide receiver room because it's not like the same situation in Kansas city where you trade away Tyree kill, but you bring in MVS who could take the top off of defense and Juju Smith Schuster green Bay replaced Devonte Adams with Sammy Watkins, who hasn't played a full season since his rookie year. Uh, Randall Cobb, who's my age, and he's a slot receiver, obviously, and he's not getting any younger or quicker. And then two rookies, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And Christian Watson has speed. He has breakaway speed. He could cause separation, create separation, like we saw in the first play of the game. But there's going to be some rookie mistakes, man. And we're going to see that more from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Everybody got all excited, all the Green Bay people on social media. They're like, yeah, he dropped the ball, but look at how he burned Patrick Peterson. And I'm like, but it's the year 2022. If he burned Patrick Peterson in 2016, I'd be a little bit more excited. I just have too many questions about the wide receiver room. But one thing I know that Green Bay is going to do this weekend, I'm going to be playing Aaron Jones. Yes! Aaron Jones. Yes! And you know, I love A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Keep giving me over one and a half reception. Keep giving me, you know, good prices on anytime touchdowns. He's going to get a lot of carries, but Aaron Jones is going to see some targets and he's going to see more carries last week. And Matt LaFleur always do, does this man. Every time green Bay loses and gets beat up on Aaron Jones only touches the ball five to six times. And then in the post game presser, LaFleur's like anytime a guy like Aaron Jones only has five carries, that's obviously a red flag. That's a problem area. Here's the problem. He's the one calling the plays. Aaron <laughs> Jones last week against Minnesota was averaging 9.8 yards per carry, yet he only had five carries. They kept going to A.J. Dillon. So I do think that they are going to run the ball. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I like Green Bay to win. I just don't love the number. I don't love the total. I do love some Aaron Jones props. I'm going over on the receptions, probably the rushing yards as well. I think we'll get a soft number, you know, because he only got the five touches last week. And that's how I would play this game. Every Aaron Jones prop under the sun. Yes. And yes, we usually bet the Dylan touchdown props together, but I'm with you. They talked about it immediately. They've talked about it throughout the week. And Horvey, I know you remember this, but for the early odds listeners, Aaron Jones in that bounce back game week two last season against the Detroit Lions, he scored four touchdowns. Four well, touchdowns I, in that and game. The and that's the thing. The only concern, a little worried about the offensive line. Bakhtiari, who hasn't yes. really played in two years, was hobbling at practice. We saw the video. And then Elton Jenkins, who's an all-pro, still not back. So I'm a little worried about the tackle position. And I'm not a big trends guy, man, but I just I couldn't take the number with the Bears, even though, I mean, that's kind of where I would lean. I'm not the biggest trends guy, but if you look at Rodgers in his career, eight and one straight up, nine and zero against the spreads after a straight up loss, 23 and five straight up, 21 and seven against the spread. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's certain things I don't like betting against Nick Saban and I hate betting against Aaron Rodgers, especially with the Chicago Bears. But that's a big number and it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But I do think Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of touches anytime touchdown. Um, love the receptions, and I like the rushing yards. I think he's going to have a big week against the Chicago. Here's a couple more fun trends, and I know one of you you're going to chuckle at. Last six Sunday night football games, Packers six and zero straight up, six and zero against the spread. Under Matt Lafleur after a loss, nine and zero straight up, nine and zero against the spread. Like it's because of Lafleur, right? Right. Might be might be because twelves there. Understand? Yeah, I, I, I think so. <laughs> and I love Matt LaFleur, but every yeah. time they get punched in the mouth, every time they lose, he looks like he's going to cry at the podium, like at the presser. So we'll see. I, I think he's going to put together the perfect game plan for Chicago. But 
it wouldn't surprise me, man, if the Bears kept it close. Like, I'm a little worried about it. And, and, you know, we hyped up the defense for Green Bay. They didn't look so great against Minnesota. And, and again, I mean, some simple adjustments like Jair Alexander covering the best receiver in the league would probably help them. But we'll see. I don't want to overreact to week one, but not a great start to the season. And Devontae is obviously a huge loss. So we're both all in on Aaron Jones props. Let me ask you this because you brought up Survivor a few minutes ago. And one of my rules is I stay away from divisional matchups in Survivor. Now we have a number of options, a bunch of spreads of at least 10. Packers are going to win. And they, they beat the Bears down every time they face. So, yes, I don't do divisional matchups, but if you're going to pick one, isn't it Aaron Rodgers at home, Lambeau Field against the Bears under the lights? Yeah, if I'm doing a divisional matchup, it has to be. Let me tell you what concerns me a little bit, though, man. I've seen enough Jordan Love where the Green Bay Packers with that beat-up offensive line, Rodgers took a lot of hits last week. The Packers are one hit, one Aaron Rodgers hit on his blind side away from Jordan Love having to take snaps. Then you have a wide receiver room of Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, and Jordan Love throwing them the football. That's my only concern with taking them in Survivor. I actually plan on betting Dallas. I haven't bet Dallas yet. I like the number, though. I don't love that roster with no Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush, but Cooper Rush did beat the Vikings, as we know, a couple of years ago and played pretty well in that game. Yeah. And I know the Bengals didn't look good, and I do expect a lot of regression. I'm not high on the Bengals. Actually went under their win total. Love Joe Burrow, but I have some concerns about the offensive line, and I think the defense last year, I mean, they stayed healthy. They're a little overhyped. I like Cincinnati to win. I don't like them to win by eight points. I think I got to go with the Bengals and Survivor, man. I, I do. That Dallas roster is bad. The wide receiver room, I'm talking about the wide receiver room in Green Bay being bad. I had, I had such high hopes for CeeDee Lamb. He just can't create any separation. He's not a number no. one wide receiver. And no. everybody else is gone. Amari Cooper's gone. That offensive line stinks. They couldn't bring back Randy Gregory. I don't think Dallas is going to be very good. That's why I went under their win total this year. Nine and a half was way too many. As far as Survivor? Bengals. Fine. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Look at week three. That, that's a team you're going to want. It, week three and week four is a brutal, brutal. And the Bengals are one of the few plays that's pretty strong in week three. I think there are other options to go. But since you brought us there, let's go. Cowboys plus seven and a half, plus eight. This is crazy, man. This is nuts. Now, I understand the sentiment that Bengals, five turnovers against the Steelers. That's not going to happen with Joe Burrow. Got to bet on Cincinnati. Fine. But we have gone way, way, way too far. If you look at the look-ahead line, Horvy, what yeah. they're telling us is Dak Prescott is worth 10 points. Are you kidding me? Are yeah. you kidding me? He's not an elite. I don't even know that he's top 10 anymore as, as far as level of quarterback. And before yeah. the injury, he didn't look all that hot. And you're telling me that Dak Prescott is now worth 10 points, and you're right, you brought up the Vikings game last year, 325 yards, two touchdowns quarterback rating of 92 they're at home in dallas people are like get rid of them everybody's all upset no 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 no. uh dallas is going to hang around in this game and i was concerned and the borough think yeah that's not going to happen again and all those turnovers happened in yeah. plus territory but seven and a half that's isn't that an auto dallas play it has to be and it's one where you just obviously you hold your nose and you have to play dallas you know i mean like you said it best, man. Even before Dak went down with the hand injury, like he didn't look good. And I had heard, and I know a lot of people heard this. So last year he had the, uh, well, a couple years ago, I should say, he had that compound fracture in his right ankle. And I don't know if it was the ankle or the foot, but they said he heard a pop a couple weeks back. 
and he kind of downplayed it. And then he didn't look very good. Not only do you have uh, Dak Prescott not looking great, uh, a wide receiver room that's been watered down with the loss of Amari Cooper. I don't love the tight end position. I don't really like the offensive line for Dallas. I don't love them defensively, even though they had a bunch of takeaways last year. Also, look at the head coach, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy will not be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Nope. He should not be a head coach in the Sean Payton. <laughs> yeah, Sean Payton. Payton will be, man. Here's the thing, though. Like, if you're the Cowboys, do you even fire Mike McCarthy if you start off one and six, one and seven? Because then Dan Quinn takes over probably as the interim head coach. He's going to want a head coaching gig. Maybe he wins you a couple games. Maybe it's Kellen Moore. I think you just ride it out, but I don't want to get too far off topic. I do like Dallas with the points. I am going to use Cincinnati as my survivor only because you brought them up next week. Are they going to beat the Jets? They lost to Mike White last year. I know. I know. Well, they're scared to play Mike White because they're worried he's better than Zach Wilson. They were chanting his name. They were chanting his name. As they should. As they should. All right, that's Ryan Horvat. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Both of us on Twitter by our names. Follow us. Tweet us. Up next, more NFL games we like. And Horvy's bet about 20 of today's college games. He'll share, so hang out. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Before we get back to tomorrow's NFL slate with Ryan Horvat, I now have sports betting shows seven days a week. You know about BetQL daily Monday through Friday on the BetQL network, which you can find on the Odyssey app and 105.9 FM HD2. This show here on The Score, but we've added BetMGM Game Day with myself, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and Devin Caney. Sunday morning, 7 to 10 a.m., the 7 to 9 a.m. hours right here on The Score. All right, Horvy, let's keep it rolling. I know you've got a strong play, and I also do on Saints, Bucks. This injury report is a thing, man. Yeah, man, and I like the Saints regardless. I did grab the three. I'm fine wherever this closes. I think the Saints win this game. I don't hate a little sprinkle on the money line. I've talked about the Saints on this show, on my show a lot. I went over the win Mm -hmm. total. I did take a stab with them to win the division because you were getting better than three to one odds. And they've owned Tom Brady since he's arrived in Tampa. Granted, they did beat him in the playoffs, but that's because Jared Cook fumbled. We all know that. Brady's 0-4 against the Saints team. We all know the way to beat Tom Brady. He does not like to get hit. I have concerns about that offensive line. I don't pay attention to the TMZ stuff, but why is Giselle like getting all into their personal <laughs> life? I like, I like, I love Brady, but like uh-huh. this is, these are things I don't even want to know. I mean, what like what is going on in his personal life? Who knows? Leonard Fournette looked really good week one, but obviously the Chris Godwin injury is concerning. Yeah, I like the Saints a lot. I was a little worried with the first half of the, you know, the start of the first half last week against Atlanta, but in the second half, Jameis was so damn good. A little worried about Kamara, obviously, but uh, Mike Thomas, and I know he only played on passing downs last week. In the second half, he was a monster, man. Chris Olave is great. And Jarvis Landry looked really, really good. So I like the Saints in this spot. I think they pull out the uh, outright win as dogs at home. I I, I was a little surprised by this line, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I think it should be closer to pick. What about you? I had to hit Michael Thomas 40 to 1 receiving touchdowns leader this week. He had a couple this week, and he's still up there at 40 to 1. Look good to me. That was the best receiver in the league three, four years ago before he went down, man. 
yeah, I didn't know what to expect coming into the week because it had been so long since he played football, but he looked good to me. So if you are on the Bucks offense, you have to be injured right now because everybody is. And you mentioned a couple of them. It's not just Godwin's hamstring. It's also Fournette was bothered by the hamstring. It looks like he'll be fine. Mike Evans has a calf. Well, the Saints always bottle him up anyways. Gage has a hamstring. Julio, who looked good, has a knee that's bugging him. Offensive line at both tackles, Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs. They're beat up. So they're in a sad state of affairs, and now they're going against the team that has their number in that Saints defense. And, yeah, as long as Kamara's fine, and, you know, they talked about Jameis' back a little bit, but he looks fine. Yeah, I I love the Saints, and – for all the people listening, I wish the threes are available. I couldn't believe they were out there earlier this week. Yeah, I couldn't either, man. So I do I do like the three, but again, I don't hate the money line play. You know, if you could find it plus 120, plus money. I mean, at home, 4-0 against Brady. The Jameis injury, you know, he got dinged up in that game against Atlanta. A little concerning. He's going to be fine. And yeah. uh, I actually kind of like his passing yards, over 226 and a half as well. I think he could take advantage of uh, that secondary in Tampa Bay, even though they look solid defensively against Dallas. Again, that's Dallas, so I'm not going to overblow it. Love the Saints this week. I think that's my favorite play on the board in the National Football League, actually. Yeah, it's the first thing that that I circled. All right, here's one that I like. I want to get your thoughts on this. Seattle at San Francisco. We mentioned that it looks like they're going to be dealing with rain again. But just as as long as I've been watching the National Football League, when you see spots that pop up like this, and I'm talking about Seattle coming off the win of the year for them. They beat Russell Wilson in front of the country at home. It's now a short week. Yes, I know Geno Smith. And his last nine starts is 9-0 against the spread. And people were hyping up his completion percentage during that game on Monday. Geno Smith's offense scored zero points in the second half. Zero points. So it's going to be a reality check as they go back on the road against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Niners. They're going to look better than they did against the Bears. Here's my problem. And a lot of signs point to backing San Francisco. Yeah. The weather, and I hate backing Shanahan as a favorite, especially a heavy favorite of more than a touchdown. You want to bet on the Niners and Shanahan when they're underdogs, not heavy favorites. That's really my only concern. The weather and Shanahan as a big favorite, because otherwise everything points to uh, backing the Niners. It feels like we're getting them as a discount at less than double digits. Completely agree. I actually do like the Niners. I'm glad that you brought this game up because I don't even think that I talked about it with you earlier. I uh, I had to play San Francisco, and I'm with you. That is the concern. I don't love the number. I don't love the weather. Thought maybe we'd have some dry conditions, actually, and doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing, I was going to bring up Shanahan, but I do love this spot for San Francisco because of lo- what you said right there. In Seattle, they won their Super Bowl week one. Like Pete Carroll – Everybody in that locker room, they didn't really hide it. You know, they were like, why, why does this win mean so much? He's like, why, <laughs> that do, you was awesome. why do you think this win means so much? And with San Francisco, see, I knew San Francisco was screwed last week, not only because of the weather conditions and Trey Lance really making his, you know, let's be honest, that was like his really his first career start, um, even though he did start a game last year, I guess. But still, I was worried because uh, a couple of days before the game, Trent Williams was like, we are going to run the football. And then you have the injuries in the backfield with Elijah, obviously Elijah Mitchell who's going to miss some time. You know, he kept talking about him in this press conference and then he goes down. No George Kittle, who's not only a great receiving tight end, but also one of the better blocking tight ends in the whole NFL. 
So those injuries concerned me a little bit. It was a fluky game, but I love San Francisco. I, I do think that they win this game by at least 10. So I played the Niners as well. I don't love the number, but I do like them. What else do you like NFL? I was on the Jags week one. Uh, Jags should have covered week one, but they didn't. They're at home in Jacksonville. They take on the Colts who, what were they down? 20 to three in the first half to the Texans. I'm not overreacting. Mm-hmm. I think the Colts will be fine. I did pick the Colts to win the division. I actually like Matt Ryan. I think he's got a lot of good football left in him. Love Jonathan Taylor. But the Jags, man, especially at home against Indianapolis, look at last year, for example, and I know a different quarterback, Carson Wentz. All they had to do week, uh, week 18 was win to get in. Trevor Lawrence played his best game of the season. I actually like the Jags. This is more of a number play at the four. I do like them at home, getting more than a field goal. I wouldn't be shocked if they pulled off the upset. I had to fade Indianapolis this weekend. Grab the Jags plus four. And then the last one that I played, it's a stinky one, opened up around 13. It's down to what, 10? I like Atlanta on the road against the Rams. The Rams are going to be fine. The Rams yeah. are going to win probably by a touchdown. I think the back door is going to be wide open. So Atlanta, especially in the second half, they lose that game, man, because they have no pass rush. And I don't love the secondary. But offensively, Mariota looked pretty damn good. I mean, Kyle Pitts was kind of the odd man out, which I found weird. Patterson looked great. Uh, a lot of carries for Patterson week one. And then Drake London. He, he was one of the more impressive rookies last Sunday. So I actually like Atlanta to cover the double-digit spread. It's weird because I went under four and a half wins with Atlanta, but I feel like I'm going to target them a lot. Them and the Texans this season, especially when we get double digits, man, I think mm-hmm. they're going to be competitive. Not that, not that they're going to win games, but I do think Atlanta's at least heading in the right direction. So I like them against the Rams uh, if you're getting a 10. Colts, Jags, Indy outgain Houston by more than 200 yards, and they still end up losing the game. That's how wild that result was. Shaq Leonard back in full, so that's going to be good for Indy. This Jaguars number just blew my mind because I couldn't believe it. Last 14 matchups between Indy and Jacksonville, the Jaguars are 12-1-1 against the spread. In big games, too. 12-1-1. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm with you. And Falcons-Rams, that's another one that I had circled. I also took the Falcons as a big dog. Huge adjustment off the uh, season opener. Uh, Rams down. The look-ahead was minus 13.5. Now we're down to 10.5. I said the same thing on BetQL Daily this week. said, as long as you're going to give me the Falcons as a big underdog, I could see myself betting on them a whole lot. And the Rams are dealing with a lot of injuries on the offensive line. So... I, I could see it taking a little bit of time for them. So I like the Falcons there. Yeah. One more I wanted to bounce off. You get your thoughts. I was kind of impressed with Baker and the Panthers hanging around the Browns, even though that was my favorite play last week. And so now the Giants are home favorites because what? Because, you know, they took a chance and they went for two. Good job, Dayball. The team's behind you. He was ripping into Daniel Jones on the sideline. That's all awesome stuff. But the Giants are favored? Really? I know. And now we're at almost a field goal. I think that's too much of an overreaction. I kind of liked what I saw the Panthers last week. Yeah, I'm glad you went there. I like Carolina. I haven't played this one. I want to w- kind of see where the number would go because the Giants are getting a lot of love for myself as well. I went over on their win total. I did play them. I took the points against Tennessee. I also went under on Tennessee, Tennessee's win total. I'm just not very high on them this season. Um, didn't expect them to win that game the way that the first half started off, man. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they were shut out in the first half. Saquon 
was good, man. But it's it was oh. also week one. Everybody's fresh. He looked good. McCaffrey looked fresh. Yeah. I mean, everybody looked really good. Now they just need to stay healthy. I love seeing Brian Dable just chew off Daniel Jones' face because that was a terrible red zone interception that he threw. And then he was fine the rest of the game. But I agree. I think this is a huge overreaction. I like Carolina. I kind of like Carolina on the money line as well. Baker looked awful in the first half. He figured it out in the second half. He had that rushing touchdown. That pumped him up a little bit. And then he had that beautiful throw to Robbie Anderson. Although Robbie Anderson, like you and I, could have made that throw. He was wide open. I kind of like what I saw from the offense. Yeah. I think Carolina is going to win this game. I, I did go over on the Giants win total, but look also really quickly, look at the home road splits for Daniel Jones. I've never seen anything quite like it mm. on the road. He's a very serviceable NFL starting quarterback at home. He's Sam Darnold. Like he's Josh Rosen. He's terrible. The numbers are insane. I, I, I do like Carolina a lot in this spot. You told me off air that you have 20 I repeat, 20 college football bets, the most you've ever had. You have a couple minutes to rifle through those? I do, actually. So a couple numbers that are still available because I play these early, obviously. I did grab Nebraska as two touchdown dogs after firing Scott Frost at home against Oklahoma. Haven't really loved what I've seen from Oklahoma. They haven't played anybody. Dylan Gabriel should be fine, but it's not the same Lincoln Riley offense with Caleb Williams that we've seen that we saw last year. I grabbed it at 14. I still like it at 10 and a half. Anything double digits. I do like Nebraska a lot this weekend. Another dog. I grabbed it at seven. I'm fine with it at six and a half. I think that this should be closer to pick. You know, maybe you give Indiana the slight edge because they are at home, but this should not be a six and a half point spread. Western Kentucky is a good football team. They're two, two and oh this season. Indiana, I went under on their win total, actually four and a half. They haven't really played anybody. Got off to a nice two and oh start. I love Western Kentucky to pull off the upset but I'm just taking the points, six and a half against Indiana. So them and Nebraska is dogs. I did go under on this UConn-Michigan game. Uh, got it around <laughs> 60. Look, Michigan is going to probably score 48 points themselves. They do make the change at quarterback this week. I think they're really good and very underrated. I can't wait to watch them in Ohio State, but I like the under in that game. Uh, another one that I grabbed, man, Fresno State. Plus 13 on the road against USC. USC looks great on the offensive side of the ball defensively bunch of takeaways look at week one a couple pick sixes but I still have some concerns and I like Jake Hayner a lot for Fresno State coming off a loss last week I know it's a road game he wanted to play at USC they didn't even recruit him they told him he was too small I think they keep it close USC is getting a lot of love right now and then the last one I know a lot of people like BYU and it's because of the number you know three and a half there were some fours available I actually like this spot for Oregon granted he was at Auburn Look at Bo Nix, home road splits. I, I do like this spot quite a bit for Oregon. I think, I mean, even though they're favored in the game, I guess we'll consider this kind of a mild upset. I haven't really liked what I've seen from them so far this season. They got blown out by Georgia. In BYU's all beat up in the wide receiver room. I know that didn't make a difference last week, but now they have to travel. They're without their two top wide receivers in this game, including Puka. So I actually kind of like, I like Oregon in this spot to cover. I think they win by a touchdown. Horvey, I had the guts to leave the house the other day and uh, get some shopping done at Costco, and I uh, put on a Notre Dame shirt. Let me tell you, you're going to run into some conversations if you go uh, out with the people and you're uh, wearing some Irish gear. All the old guys at the Costco, even though I had my headphones in, they made sure to stop me, grab my arm, and uh, share their thoughts. Their, their very strong thoughts and tell me what's what about the state of the Irish and how they better take down Cal. God, I'm glad that you brought that up because I thought <laughs> I was going to get out of here without talking about them really quickly. All right, so 
I don't want to overreact. I like Marcus Freeman as a coordinator. I like uh-huh. him as a person. He did a hell of a job recruiting. I mean, he had to go door to door, pretty much be a door to door salesman. Um, I like him better as a person than Brian Kelly. I don't know that he's it, man. I have some concerns. <laughs> and, and I, I do. Uh, obviously, you, you know, you get beat by Marshall at home. There's going to be some concerns. You know what my biggest problem, though, with this program is right now? It's the broadcast team. Jason. Oh, Garrett, my God, dude. Yeah, Collins or dude. I, I think me and you are like the only ones that were so frustrated. You can't tell me that part of the reason the Irish lost last week was because Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett we had to deal with for the entire afternoon. It is oh. brutal, man. It is brutal. It really is, you know, and it's going to be a long season. But Jack Collinsworth, Jason Garrett, and then Sunday night. I love Chris Collinsworth, man, but dealing with his voice, like, I, I, that's why I was like, you know what? Your son already jinxed my football teams this weekend. I want nothing to do with this game. I had to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my biggest problem. And the quarterback position is a mess. We thought the strength was going to be Notre Dame in the trenches. Their offensive line does not look good for the first time in years. And defensively, same thing, man. They're in the trenches. They look like a mess right now. I'm glad I went under their win total. First time I've ever done it. It was the right decision. A little worried about Marcus Freeman. You can't lose at the crib to Marshall. I will remind you that Brian Kelly's in a three-game losing streak in there in the, his first month in South Bend. Yeah, exactly. But nothing nothing is worse than Jack Collinsworth. Agree? The worst. Maybe Jason. I, I, I didn't like the halftime show. That bothered me. So imagine the play-by-play for Notre Dame football. How does Notre how does, Dame and how does Jason Garrett keep getting jobs that he's not qualified for? Like calling here. plays, head coach. Who likes him? Nobody liked him as a coach. Nobody likes him as a broadcaster. Why is he there? And last thing I want to say, okay, because it goes from Doug Flutie to Drew Brees. Like, does anybody that actually attended Notre Dame like want to get in the broadcast booth? Get Brady Quinn in there or like none of these guys even went to Notre Dame. That's that's what makes no yeah, sense. I, I think they've always tried to avoid doing that. That that's no, always you, been. You got to have a Homer in there, though. You have a, you have to have a you have to have the color commentator Homer in there. Yeah, I I think they really want to avoid doing that for some reason because that'll bother a lot of people. But I think we got it all out there. That's good. See, so, so you can't have these rants on BetMGM tonight. They have no idea what you're talking about. They're not watching these Notre Dame broadcasts. Right. They just like to troll me after a loss, but. Yeah, no, they're not Shocking. watching the podcast. Yeah. Shocking. All right, Horvey, good luck this weekend. Good chat, man. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me. Ryan Horvat of BetMGM Tonight. He joins us about once a month here on Early Odds. Survivor Pool Week 1 Carnage. Couldn't even get settled into the season, could we? Weekly contributor Jim Miller drops by in a moment. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Welcome back here on 670 The Score. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. And our weekly contributor here on Early Odds is Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, <laughs> what do I even say? What do I even say? It was a, it, How about this? How about this? Did you ever think a, one week ago we were going on and on about how popular survivor pools have become? I never thought it was going to be the number one story of week one. And as far as betters are concerned, people that jump into pools, that was the number one story. How survivor pools were blown up. 58% of mine is done. Circa 56%. 3,448 entries blown up in the Circa contest. When you have all of these six plus point spreads, 
uh, lose outright in week one before we even know anything, before we have a real sample size. That's exactly what happens. People, so many people one and done. I feel, I feel really bad for those people, Jim. I feel bad for them. Don't feel bad, and I'm one of them. <laughs> Don't feel bad at all. And here's the one thing, though, Joe, that I have to say, and credit to those who run these pools, I am in 100% agreement that a tie means you are knocked out. You have to oh, win. Okay. I am in agreement for that. I think because it, it is a survivor, it's a win. It's not don't lose. Mm-hmm. It's win. The Colts, I mean, the other story of the week was the choke job by kickers left and right. It happened in the Colts and Houston game, but it happened numerous times, cost teams games left and right. How about the Titans? Overtime between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. The Bears are missing extra points left and right. Yes, it's incredible. I mean, kickers were bad, but you know what? I agree with that. I think because survivor pools so often do last so long, you cannot allow ties to advance. It cost me, but I think it's the right move. You made your case for the Colts. You were on the Colts, end up tying, knocks a ton of people out, all of these games. San Francisco, we talked about that one. Uh, The Titans against the Giants. But you know what, Jim? You know what's funny? Everything's blown up as far as all of these upsets. It wasn't just the Bears. There were a number of them. The only safe play that was a big favorite was the Baltimore Ravens. I'm mad at myself right. that I didn't just use them everywhere because that's the one I felt more most comfortable with. When you look at all of these upsets, for all of them to come through, that's the shocking part. Any single result? No, no. Pittsburgh getting the points was one of my favorite plays of the week. And then they beat Cincinnati, you know, San Francisco, Chicago, they're playing in a monsoon. So that's up for grabs. I talked for a month about the spot of all spots being Monday night football, Russell Wilson going up against the 12th man. Now they're going to be booing him, all that stuff. And it came to fruition and Seahawks win. And they didn't score in the entire second half of that game. Titans giants. Arrow pointed way down for the Titans. I don't think anybody was surprised by that. So that's the big thing for me with week one. All of those close ones came through with the underdogs. It's not just those specific games because there was a reason most of those games, the the point spread wasn't seven. Week two should be easier. Should be. We have six games with higher point spreads than any game that we had in week one. So the Rams are double-digit favorites at home against the Falcons. Niners off that loss to the Bears, big favorites against the Seahawks. Broncos, pitiful performance, terrible in the red zone, massive favorites against Lovey and the Texans. Tomorrow night, Packers, it's a big number against the Bears. Bills, extra rest off that Thursday game. They look like the best team in the NFL. They're taking on the Titans. And the Bengals are huge favorites because it's Cooper Rush and not Dak Prescott. I assume it's one of the six. Where are you going? Think about this. Out of those six, five of them lost in week one. Yep. That's how crazy it is. All right. So scrolling through everything, it is. It's a very interesting week. Honestly, if you want the safe play, the best team in the league right now is probably the Bills. They sure look like it on opening night. They're at home. They're playing a Titans team that's coming off a brutal, brutal loss. And the Bills are really good. Everybody else still has things to fix out of these big point spreads. So the Bills would be my team. All right, we'll work backwards from there. Green Bay and the Bears. Bears coming off a big win. 
the Packers, you can't over-exaggerate things, but still, Aaron Rodgers still has no idea who he's throwing to. Okay, The Broncos coming off a loss against the Texans team who just hung in there and probably should have beaten the Colts. I'd stay away from that one. I think you probably have a good play with Cincinnati against Dallas because you're right. Cooper Rush, what are they going to do there? That this is this is a huge drop in talent ability. So the Bengals are probably a safe play. The Niners and Trey Lance is on my fantasy team. I don't know what to expect mm-hmm. out of them. And then the Rams, yes, they should beat the Falcons. So, okay, three out of those six, I would say, are safer plays. I'd stay away from the other three. I find it easier to eliminate teams and then kind of kind of work backwards like you were saying. If I'm going to use the Rams and Survivor, don't I want to use them when Stafford's healthy? Yes. So I'd rather not use them against the Falcons. I like what I saw of them for the most part. I think they can kind of hang around. Niners-Seahawks, also a divisional matchup, and you hinted at it. Trey Lance just might stink. He, he might. might be a bust. So I don't want to go there yet. I think they'll win. And and by the way, Geno Smith was getting a lot of love on Monday night. Can we calm down on that? Like I mentioned, <laughs> exactly. Seattle didn't score. Seattle didn't score. And you want to talk about an exhausting game, those 60 minutes for Seattle, and it's a short week for them. So I understand if you're going with San Francisco, but again, I have Trey Lance concerns. Denver, I know Hackett. Looked like the worst coach in the NFL, and he might be <laughs> by the end of the season. And maybe they should uh, consider cutting bait. But early in the season, at home, historically, and I'm talking decades, the Broncos are bet on. They smoke teams. And the Texans, they play five quarters. Is it a look ahead spot for Lovey Smith coming to Soldier Field next week? I'm just saying. Denver, you might want to consider them. But in a perfect world, I look at Denver later after they kind of uh, figure out some of their issues. So I'm looking at Denver. You know, you're right about the Bills, and they're awesome. They're going to be a truck all season. But is this a spot you want to use them? Vrabel always scares me. And there's a reason he was the coach of the year. I, I don't like the Titans at all. But something about that game, something funky happening in the first of two Monday night games would not be the most shocking thing in the world. Yes, Bengals are strong. Going against Cooper Rush. I get all that, but week three is brutal, and Cincinnati plays the Jets. So you might want to save the <laughs> Bengals there. And I avoided the game. Yeah, it's a divisional matchup. And can you envision a world where these Bears start 2-0? and That's the big question. Rodgers is 0-2. Bears are 2-0. and Jim, can you see it? No. <laughs> but I couldn't see the Bears winning week one either. That's true. Um Here's the thing about it, though. Man, the the Packers were so bad. But the Vikings might be the best team in the division. So that's the thing that Uh, you have to take into account, too. I think they are. It's Aaron Rodgers compared to Trey Lance. There's so many different things going on. To me, this is probably a must-win early in the season for the Packers, too. I cannot see the Bears going into Green Bay and winning. That would just shock me. Yeah, we remember what happened last year, week two, right? Yeah. Packers haven't done against the Saints. Here come the Lions. It's brutal, but they don't have Devontae Adams this time around. So fascinating to watch. The betting market does not respect that Bears win. That's what they're telling you. The look at it was nine and a half, and it's touching 10 this week. They're not worried about the Bears at all. We're taking the result from last Sunday and throwing it out. That's what they're screaming. The win total goes up by one because the Bears won a game that they were not supposed to win. It goes from five and a half to six and a half this week. 
So you're thinking Buffalo, Cincinnati, right? I'm thinking Buffalo and Cincinnati. Those those are the two teams. Yeah, and I'm looking uh, Denver, Green Bay. This is Early Odds of Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the Score Weekly contributor. Jim Miller here on Early Odds, getting you set for week two in the NFL, week three college football. Jim, what's your favorite side of the week? Uh, which NFL side do you like most? You, you know what? There were two of them that I was looking at that were really interesting to me, and, and they're both in noon games on Sunday. Detroit's. Minus one and a half against the Commanders. I think Detroit, I thought they played pretty well against the Eagles on opening week. I think Detroit's going to be a better team this year. I like Detroit minus the one and a half. The other one that kind of surprised me a little bit, I don't think the Steelers are that bad of a team. They won last week. They're at home against the Patriots team that might not be very good. And the Patriots are favored one and a half. I would go the Steelers route right on back. I think this is a team that could be pretty solid this year, looking at 9-10 victories, and I think this is a game they can win outright. Yeah. Uh, the Lions defense is still a problem, Jim. Detroit, is that an overreaction? So in the offseason, it was Washington minus one, and now it's Detroit minus two and a half. I'm a little concerned that they're not going to be able to stop anybody on defense. And Dotson with a massive game for the commanders in game number one, all of a sudden he's a co-favorite for offensive rookie of the year. That TJ Watt injury, I think it just changes things. That's big. So I'm worried about backing Pittsburgh and here's some breaking news right here on 670. The score, Jim, Mitch Trubisky still stinks. <laughs> he was terrible, terrible. As I was laughing at people betting on George Pickens all offseason to be the offensive rookie of the year. I'm like, are you serious? You know his quarterback is Trubisky, right? And what happened? One catch for three yards. He didn't even get to 200 yards. And, hey, I, I was happy the Steelers won and they covered. The Bengals should have crushed them. It was all about the turnovers. So losing Watt, that's that's going to be dicey to me. I don't know how much is going to be able to score enough. But, hey, on the other side, I get it, New England. They could be the worst team in the AFC East. They were not good. They, it was really bad. And Mac Jones isn't completely healthy. That, that's a tough one for me to pick. If you're forcing me, I would go with the Patriots because the Steelers are going to have to lean more on Mitch and then they're losing Watt. And that he's that's really a game changer. But uh, I don't love either side of that one. Here's the thing, though, too. You look at it. Okay. Mitch. And a lot oh, of people hate so him. Bad. He still has a winning record in the NFL. That's not because of him, starting though. Starting quarterback. No, hey, but he, it, he it, won it, last week because of defense. He won in his early years in Chicago because but here, of the but defense. But here's the here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. He's not losing games for you. He hasn't turned the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over in the preseason. Didn't turn the ball over in game one. He may not be winning games for you, but again, he's not losing games for you, and that's the one thing that I think you need to take in regard. And it's not saying that there's Mitch Love or anything. The guy has found a way to win games, though, and it's one of those things, too. I think the Patriots, This I think this is a down year for them. This is a dysfunctional type of year for them, and I think they're going to struggle. Okay, okay, there you go. Very good. Uh, what about the horses today, Jim Miller? We had a good week with horses last week. All three of them won, so let's see if we can win this week. We'll go all three of these horses across the board. Start at Gulfstream Park, race number nine, but the six-horse blind spot across the board. Then two stakes races at Canterbury Park. Race 10, bet the eight, two fills across the board. Race 11, bet the one, Tony's tap it across the board and make some more money for NFL Sunday. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. Mitch Trubisky, truther. Out there <laughs> with his 55% complete. Okay. I think I'll win that one. I think so. They're going to pick it soon. I'm telling you, Jim. They're going to pick it soon. But maybe not. Maybe that victory uh, won him a little bit more time, right? 
It's all about wins and losses in the NFL. And, hey, think about this. You have a very loyal head coach, a guy that doesn't just make knee-jerk reactions. So it's one of those things. Let's see how Pittsburgh continues through the first four and go from there. Good luck this weekend, Jim. Thanks, Joe. You too. Jim Miller and Ryan Horvat on the show today. Another show tomorrow morning right here on The Score. BetMGM Game Day. Yours truly, NFL insider Jason LaConfora and Devin Cady starts at 7 a.m. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cash those tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 